Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I want to welcome you, and isn't it good just to take a, a moment and just linger in His presence like we did? Allow the healing power of God to touch us. And I'm excited. We talked of last week the different seasons that God takes us through, and how um, before that we were going through the book of Acts and looking at the earliest roots of the church and looking at the earliest roots of Christianity. I've said it before and I want to say it again as it'll propel us into the message this morning that when you look at the nature of God or the nature of the church, you have to go back to the purest source because the purest source of, a str- the, the purest source of the stream is at the source of the stream, right? So the purest source of Christianity is at the source of Christianity. And as we have been going through Uh, the beginnings of the church, you see miraculous things happen. You see the nature of God revealed. You see the Holy Spirit on the move as as the disciples were sent out from Jerusalem to literally turn the world upside down, that they were sent on mission. A few weeks ago, we talked of on Mother's Day of how uh, uh, the mother of Jesus, Mary, how she said yes to the Holy Spirit. And that's something we honor in her life, that she said yes to the Holy Spirit's work in her, li- her life. And as she said yes, that echoes into our lives this morning that we want to say yes to the Holy Spirit. So lift your hands and say, if you want to say yes to the Holy Spirit's work in your life, then that's why we're here this morning. We all come from different places, different backgrounds, but the one thing that we want to say yes to is His work and His presence in our life. This morning I want to talk to you off the, uh, the thought of the ancient paths. I'm going to share this scripture with you and then uh, dive into it together. Happy Memorial Day, by the way. Is everyone enjoying their weekend so far? Aren't you thankful for those that gave their life so that we can come and worship together this morning? Can we thank them? Awesome. So Jeremiah 6, 16 says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. And here it is. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Ask for the ancient path. And you will find rest for your souls. You know, today in the world that we live in is a little bit of what Michelle was sharing. Is we have different thoughts, different ideas of what Christianity is. We have 40,000 different denominations that exist. Different ways that people think Christianity should be expressed. You know, when Jesus came and, and he told Peter that on this rock, I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build many churches. He said, I will build a church. The devil knew that if he could come in and cause all this separation and get people in all these different places, that he could bring confusion into people's lives and for them not to trust God. And so we see when is coming up out of the book of Acts that they were taking an ancient faith and bringing it to the world around him. That's what we're doing this morning is we're taking an ancient faith because the Bible is an ancient book, 2,000 years old, and we're taking this ancient faith into a modern world because the Bible is always relevant. It's always true. It's truth for every generation, truth from age to age. We have that treasure. And... You know, when you talk about the Word of God, as you study and as you dive in to see how the New Testament uh, was written and was formed, 
the apostles, as they were going out and, and doing mission work, they didn't have the New Testament to go off of. They were just trusting the Holy Spirit. The New Testament wasn't written till 100 years after Pentecost. So think about how much we rely on the Bible. We're not being threatened physically for our faith. So these apostles were going through life, spreading the mission of Jesus, and they didn't even have the Word of God, the New Testament, to give them some faith to get through. So just put yourself in their context, and, and I really want to try to bring this out to see the nature of, of the church that the apostles started. And there's this word I want to throw out. I want to really dive into it. It's the word orthodox. And if you've heard that word before, you might have heard there's uh, actually orthodox churches all throughout the world in the Middle East. Uh, there's a Coptic Orthodox church. If you've seen on the news the, the recent attack where the Coptic Christians, or another word for that is Egyptian Christians, were on a bus and, and ISIS had came and, and they had opened fire on that bus and children and, and women and men. The, there was a, it was a church bus were shot and killed. So that's happening in the world around us and we see, see these recurring events starting to happen. And that was a Coptic Orthodox church. And then there's also the thought of what Orthodox is, and that's what I want to give you today, because is those missionaries, as the apostles were sent out, they begin to build this church. And they begin to share the Orthodox faith, which Orthodox is Greek. What that means for you and I today, it's the right way to worship. It's right thinking. It's right believing. And it's the purest stream of that first church as they stepped out of the upper room filled with the Holy Spirit, they begin to start the church. And it's amazing that this was the ancient path. I want to share a scripture with you. Ephesians 1, 22 through 23 says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed to him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. We sing that part in that song. You've heard me break it down in different ways. I am unfulfilled without full communion. Jesus Christ is the full communion that we partake of. When we gather together, we partake of his body. We partake of, of his, uh, what his word is. We spend time in his presence. That's what transforms us is Jesus and his presence. It's not how well I can communicate something. It's not how well the, the music sounds, which all those things are well to present it. But he's the one who brings the change. He's the one who brings the transformation. So when you get to know the author of the ancient faith, the author of the ancient path, because there's everything else, like Bree was saying, there's everything else screaming for your attention. Look over here, do this, go this way. This is the advice you need to handle this situation. But if you want real peace, we know the only one who can offer that is the author of the ancient path, is the author of the ancient faith. And that's the, the, the source that's tested. It's true. The resurrection happened. It's fact. It's documented. You know, there's people who try to disprove it and say it never happened. Well, it's, it's fact. The resurrection happened. And so people who try to say the Bible isn't real, it isn't authority, even atheists, all these different religions who try to say things, it's fact that the word of God is true. And it's amazing because the church those early apostles were the ones that wrote the Bible. The church was the one who wrote the Bible. And when we look at our Bibles, we have to think, what commentary, what opinion am I getting of the Word of God? Because that's important, right? What opinion 
am I getting of the word of God? Is it a pastor's opinion? Or is it the opinion of the, the purest stream? And that's my heart for you this morning. Anytime I get up here, as I dig and get into the purest source to make sure you're getting the full loaf. I'm not just throwing your crumbs, but you're getting the full loaf. Because when you are partaking of the fullness, you're eating of the fullness, that's really where you're going to be changed and that's where you're going to be nourished. That we're just not eating sugar or we're just not coming together singing some happy, clappy songs. That's not what it's all about. We're not here to be entertained. We're here to partake of the body of Christ and that's a very serious thing. And we have to take it serious. That's why we honor God's house. In a minute we'll see that Jesus, the scripture that speaks of how Jesus gave his life for the church, which is you and I. That's what he came to establish. He redeemed us by his blood, but then he just didn't leave us orphaned. He built a church. He built a church for us to come and be nourished and receive the mysteries of Christ, baptism, communion. All those things God gave us so we can be nourished, but not just stay nourished, not just come and, and, and eat, but then we have to go out and share the bread with other people. We have to bring Jesus to other people because that's what the world needs. They need the ancient path. They need the way that's tried and true. And that's why we've experienced great blessing as a country and all of its ways of how it's flawed. The, the heart of our founding fathers was to try to build a Christian society. And that's why we experienced so many blessings. Is that, and that's why men and women enlisted to fight for something right. where freedom could be expressed. Right. The truth is, if you stick to the plan of God's church the way he designed it, we can have confidence that the Holy Spirit can raise us up to do amazing things, that he can use us. When we stick to the navigation, to the plan, to the GPS, because the Bible is the GPS of our life, and when you get outside of that, God's good enough to reroute us when we get off track. But we have to listen to the Holy Spirit, and we have to make sure we're staying in line with the Word of God, because there's always little things that can get us off, or there's you know, the thing of a false prophet to lead you down a wrong path of that interpretation of Scripture. It's not even something that you might see is, is way out there. It's just a wrong interpretation that could give you a wrong idea of grace, a wrong idea of salvation. We've talked about that where there's this teaching where it says salvation's a ticket. You get your salvation so you're good at the end of your life, but never understanding that it's a healing journey that you're on for the rest of your life. Your salvation is just as important when you confess Jesus for the first time to where it is today to where it is 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. It's just as important because it's a process. It's a journey. It's a healing journey that we're all on. And God has given the church a healing purpose to make sure that you're healed, whole, well, and nourished. And that's the beauty of partaking of the mysteries that Christ gives us. And so I wanted to, to look at what is God's vision for the church? Because there's all these visions for all these different churches there's a lot of churches who want to say, we are the Acts 2 church because that's the goal. You know, we want the presence of God. We are the upper room church. Like, that's what churches desire to be. And a lot of the times, there, there's an image of that church, but what really is the church that has continued on? And I could get into church history and, and show timelines of things, and down the road, I would like to do that to really show the beauty of what Orthodox is. But there is a church, a physical church that has continued on from the books of, book of Acts all the way up to present day. And you get into 1054 when, with what's known of how the church was governed through ecumenical councils. You can Google all this stuff. I'll explain it 
as the years come by, not the years, the months, that's too long. But there's so much beauty and understanding of how the church has made it through century after century through persecution and how the whole early church, what they dealt with was heresy coming in, de- denying the, tr- the Trinity, that it's, there's no such thing as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, denying the divinity of God. So the early church was constantly fighting heresy being thrown in it, trying to deny the divinity of Christ. And so we see in 1054 that that's where you see uh, all these churches were going the same direction. They had these councils to keep heresy out, and it was in 1054 when the Roman Catholic Church decided to split off from orthodoxy. And so orthodoxy kept going this way, and Catholicism kept going that way. Because these churches, you know, we're not a Catholic or a, quote, orthodox church. They're very apostolic in their thinking. The highest form of worship in these apostolic churches, if you haven't grown up Catholic or been in it, or Orthodox, is communion. It's communion. That's where they value their highest form of worship. Now, that's a different way of thinking for us. But there's so much beauty in in seeing the different expressions of Christianity. And we're a gathering place here, where we want to go after the real, rich, fullest part of Christianity, right? Because there's different ways people worship, and there's different ways people think, but what's the true way? What's the orthodox way, the right way to worship? And that's what the disciples, when they went out, that this is the way you worship Christ. This is the way that you partake in the mysteries of the church. So I'm going to kind of stop right there. I know I'm kind of throwing some things out. It can be difficult. Did you know that Catholic, I want to just explain this. You know, what does Catholic mean? It just means universal church. The, the universal church. That's what Christ always envisioned was a universal church, one church. Not all these different little churches going their own way. Imagine if all the churches could come together and be a real gathering place. What could be accomplished? Not all this disunity that tries to come or uh, this pastor doesn't want to get with this pastor because people might leave his church and go to that church. It's silly stuff when you think about it. We could really see communities changed if churches really came together and proclaim the mission of Jesus. So what is the vision of God's church? You know, we see that, number one, that the church is the eternal family of God. When you die and you leave this earth, you are still a part of the church. You never leave the church. You're still a part of the church. Early church writings will show you that we now are the church militant, that we're fighting. We're advancing the kingdom of God, right? We're destroying the works of the devil. We heard Bevere say on Wednesday night that we are not on a playground as the church. We're on a battleground. We're at war. We're warring against the, the, the things of our flesh. We're warring against the doctrine of the enemy. That we just don't take life easier. We just don't take life as it comes. But we wake up, we put on our armor, and we go to battle, right? Right? We go to battle. And so we see in Deuteronomy 26, 18 through 19, of how the church was around even in the Old Testament. It might not look the same way it does today, but there was still a church. And he's speaking of uh, the treasured people who is the church. Look at this. It says, And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commandments. He has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor high above the nations, and he has made he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised. So God has always had a remnant. He's always had a people that he's worked through. 
And that's what we desire to be this morning, is we would be people that said yes to the Holy Spirit that he worked through in our lives, right? You know, I love this. It's, it says the church is not an organization. It's an organi- organism. An organization is dead. An organism is alive. We are alive, and we are the church present day. Think about 2,000 years of Christianity, all that's been endured, all that's been fought for, and now here we are present day taking it forward. That has been placed in your, your and I's hands today, the mission of the church, that we are to take it forward. forward. How do we take it forward? We bring it into our homes. We bring it into our marriages. We bring it into our workplace. We just don't come together and hide behind the four walls. This is to be go- taken out from here and expressed in every part of our lives. There's an early church father that said this. It says, he can no longer have God for his father who is not the church for his mother. You know, one of the most toxic, toxic things you can have in your Christian walk is this idea of, I can have Jesus without the church. You can, yes, you can have Jesus, but that's not full and complete. The church fathers would always say to this kind of thinking is, Jesus, God is our father, but the church is like our mother. If you've been raised in a single-parent ho- single home, you know the, the battle that that is when you're raised by a single parent. So when you have both working together, the church is the mother and the role that the mother plays in our lives, God is the father, that's when you get a full, complete picture and fullness of Christianity. And that's what we desire here. And that's what I desire for all of you. And that's why church is important in our lives because it feeds us and it nourishes us. Because salvation is so much more than just a confession. It is a way of life. It is, should consume every part of our life that we are being saved and that we are sent on a healing purpose to go and tell the world about this message, to tell the world about the goodness of God. Because there's people out there who think God don't, doesn't love them, God doesn't have a plan with them, God is finished with them. But when we understand the church is a hospital and when we bring people into the church or when we get in our ambulances and we take it out, that we're on mission, that's when you see the power of God back you and come behind you where you're able to bring a healing purpose into people's lives. And I thought about it. There's this old song in the, I think, 90s it was written. And it goes a little something like this. It says, me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. We don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. Anybody heard that song before? So what happens with a lot of new believers? They come up to an altar, they get saved, and then they get a Bible when they walk out, and, and, and it doesn't happen here. And a lot of churches are very good at following up, but it's like, here's your Bible, go figure out God. Where God gives us the church to say, yes, here's your Bible, but here's what this scripture means, and this, here's, what this, uh, here's what God means about this. Here's who God is. Here's a testimony in my life that you just can't, when you don't have the church or you don't have proper interpretation breaking down scripture in your life, you're walking through life as an orphan without parents. And there's so many people, they went to a, a rally or a crusade, and yes, they confess Christ, and yes, they're, they're saved, but there's still so many areas in their life that needs to be healed. And that's with you and I. When you step foot through the doors of the church or when you get together and you're, you're in a prayer meeting, you should have an expectation Okay, Holy Spirit, I need to be healed. I need to be nourished. That we just don't come and plop in a seat 
and say, what you got for me, preacher? Preacher. 